everybody, this is Davis over at the CFG, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you like the interviews we do with these amazing guests, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel, or you can either go to our main website, confreaksofgeeks.com, or listen to it on any podcast services out there. Today, I speak to an incredible person that is taking the VA world on fire. She has played in several different roles, like the ultimate Sundere character, Rin Tosaka from Fate Stay Night, the badass ninja Jade in Mortal Kombat, Zeta from Grand Blue, but you would definitely recognize her as the awesome healer lifeline in Apex Legend. I would like you i would like to welcome mila lee to the show how are you doing mila well after that introduction i'm feeling pretty stellar <laughs> <laughs> oh yes hey you got people gotta say gotta show all the awesome stuff that you've been in you know you gotta hype yourself hype, hype folks up to talk to you so my birthday's coming up and i feel like here's your birthday present like it's mine thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome hey well thank you for stopping by and uh love i'd love to geek out with you a little bit but uh let's get down to it so uh like i mean i know you probably heard this a lot but but uh you initially ha- like ha- like have a business finance background and that's quite different from most of the fo- most like voice actors i've known or talked to but like i'm kind of wondering what drove you to make the switch from wall street to voice acting well, honestly, I, I had taken a voiceover class and got an agent and was doing a few anime roles here and there and commercials. And uh, now I understand I was doing pretty well, but I come from a family of scientists and lawyers and doctors on one side. And I never thought I could be a voice actor professionally. It didn't seem realistic. Um, it took some of my friends to be like, but you are a professional voice actor. <laughs> so even while I was banking, I had some freedom of time. Um, and I would do anime and I would go on to Warner Brothers lot and do some ADR for Gilmore Girls and Entourage. And so some really exciting things were happening, but I wasn't thinking that would last. I was going to go to law school. And um, then I was consulting for a bank, a Wall Street mortgage um, firm, a private equity firm. And uh, then we had a banking crash in 2008. And um, they, they, they were real smooth about it. They're like, listen, we're just, um, we're, th- things are really fine. We'll pay you like at the end of the year. So September to December, there wasn't really a paycheck. And so then they said, well, we're going to switch to new system and you'll get paid quarterly. So we're going on, you know, now it was six months where I hadn't been paid. And now it's getting like lots of ramen. <laughs> um, I, I was doing a few uh, anime sessions and the great thing about Bang Zoom is they feed you. So I was like, are you gonna take these oranges? Like <laughs> things are getting skinny. And uh, then um, on a Friday, they were shredding the desk to the left and the right of me. I what? Yeah, it flashed my drive just, you know, in case the SEC had any questions. And I realized it was basically. <laughs> God. And I walked out and on a Saturday, I was just in silence thinking, what am I going to do? I had $56,000 worth of student loans. I had a bunch of credit card debt from the, the company on company cards because they were like, just pay the minimum. We'll, we'll pay it off in a minute. And I kind of thought, you know, overall, it was almost $100,000 between student loans and this this company's credit card debt. And you can't get rid of student loans for bankruptcy. And if you want to go to law school, you definitely aren't going to file bankruptcy. You want to be with a good firm. Mm-hmm. So I was just, 
what am I going to do? And on Sunday, um, an ADR director named Joe Capoletti said, hey, Mela, I know you're probably busy, but is there any way you could come to work for a film on um, Monday? And I was like, hey, I, I happen to be free. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. So basically, you're telling me that, like, well, so you were doing voice acting a little bit on the side, but you weren't taking it like to the to the full like you know you weren't being like a full-time voice actor you didn't really consider it to be a full-time job while you were doing your your main financial job correct voice actor i was my own uh -oh. glass ceiling i decided it wasn't possible so it's a lot of times you know we just if one person says that's not possible you go oh okay and you don't really check the math it would have been possible. And clearly when I lost my job on Wall Street, within 24 hours, I had the availability to do what we call ADR, which is post-production work. Um, I ended up working on um, a really bad pilot that didn't get picked up. And um, ironically, Wall Street money never sleeps with <laughs> Oliver Stone. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean that year um, on Stranger Times. I got to voice some mermaids. Um, it was really just a blessing. And I think the most incredible things that have ever happened to me in my life came out of the darkest times. So did you initially like, I mean, to get your foot in the door on the ADR work that you were getting like at that time, like, did you just like, uh, did that fall in your lap too? Or was that something that you kind of was like, Oh, a friend took me up with this kind of thing. It fell slowly. I mean, uh -huh. to anime, anime mm -hmm. made my life because that, enabled me to understand dubbing and timing, um, very similar uh, art forms, uh, post-production, because there's very specific mouth movements for a person who may have flubbed a line, or maybe the, the boom picked up a plane, so they need you to go over the line. Um, and it's very specific work, but very much like anime. And an anime engineer named Sean said, hey, I've got a friend who does ADR for Warner Brothers, and I recommended you. He'll be giving you a call. I was so excited because ADR is like the holy grail. It's it, You can only get it really from someone recommending you. And so 18 months later, <laughs> 18 months later, a phone call came in. I think it was 2006 or something. And it was like, hey, Joe, uh, did Sean tell you I was going to give you a call? And I thought in the back of my mind, like, yeah, like a million years ago. <laughs> and I remember driving on to the Warner Brothers lot for the job and you have the water tower and you can see, you know, off to your left, you guys don't know, like you're driving on off to the left is like the back lot. And it was a dream come true. It, it, it To this day, um, Apex, we get to record a lot of times at Warner Brothers and oh. it never gets old. You drive on to a movie lot in a million years, your seven, your inner seven-year-old would never think that was possible. So when you say, how did you, you get in? Um, did it just fall into your lap? Yes, um, but slowly. And then when yeah. it happened, it was there for me. And, and I was so grateful. Uh, it, it paid for a lot of ramen. <laughs> Once I lost my job, but do know, you know, there's a lot of actors who ask me, you know, I auditioned, but I didn't hear back. I have a lot of jobs that I'm doing right now that I auditioned for and didn't think I got, but maybe a year later, two years later, either I got that job or a casting director remembered that I might not have been right for that part, 
but I was perfect for something else they were working on. So wow, that is that is a crazy. That's an awesome story. And it didn't mean to like sound che- like it was to cheapen like the uh, the fact like uh, to say that uh, oh it just fell in your lap or anything. I mean I know I mean you've worked you definitely worked hard to get it, but it just it just seems like it's very interesting on like how you initially got your AD like you know, ADR work, especially at the initial part of your of the career of your WhatsApp career because. That's pretty unheard of, in my opinion, for, for all of the folks I've I've known, you know. So, but no, that's awesome. Please be nice. Anyone who is wanting to be a voice actor, be nice to your engineers. They run <laughs> the world. Um, very grateful. Yeah, that's crazy. Are you are you done with with ramen though? In the rest of your life though, uh, I have some in the cabinet just to remind <laughs> me where I came from, and also hot spicy ramen. Who doesn't love it? Oh um, God. I'm sure it's bad for you, but it's delicious. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like God's gift to man. Hot, hot Robin's always the way to go. Especially, oh man, like, and you live in California, but like, I remember there's this one spot in uh, in Little Tokyo uh, called Daikokuya, and I can eat that stuff all day. That's the only place I can eat Robin constantly. Not for the rest of you, but you put it in our private message thing. I'm, I'm not too far from Little Tokyo. I'm always in a good Robin spot. Oh yeah, the best Robin spots are the ones that are like the hole in the wall. And you just see a line coming outside of it, and you just you know it's good. It's good Robin. So, <laughs> but okay. But uh, do you personally like? Do you have a personal fandom? Like, what's your? Uh, do you have a fandom that you that, that you like to geek out on, or like what your interest? What you're interested in? Um, I love quantum mechanics and theory. Nary Oxman. <laughs> I always like. <laughs> she's like. A, I just. I think she's amazing. I love um, when I saw uh, Hidden Figures. I mean, just anybody that loves mm. math. I'm just, I, I'm fascinated by, um, those were my my idols, people that I would look up to. But fandoms, um, I'm a fan of our fandoms. Is that fair? That is fair. That's very Legends, fair. Um, Miraculous Ladybug, Fate Stay Night, um, all of these fandoms um, are so extraordinary as someone who moved 26 times before I was 21, I was wow. always an outsider. I, I felt like it. And what's interesting is fandoms are made up of outsiders for the most part. And so it's like getting to redo high school, junior high, you know, your, your primary schools, but everyone loves you. It's great. So you're not nervous or anxious because everyone's nervous and anxious. And um, it's been like a, a second childhood and, and university years to to interact with fans and find out that we have a lot of the same interests and, you know, meet on Discord or Twitch or at conventions. Um, I just feel like I'm knee deep in my dreams. And I, I never could have imagined being so comfortable in my skin. And so anyone listening or watching right now um, that, that has been a part of that, thank you so much uh, for being so kind. And, and it matters, your, your posts, your kind messages. Um, often other voice actors, we talk about it. We can't answer all of them, but it's really moving to do something you love and find out that it, it means anything to anyone in the world and to have a few million friends out there from all countries. It's the ultimate pen pal experience and I love it. Thank you so much. 
That is very true, though. I mean, it's uh, I can only imagine. Like, I mean, I'm never going to be. I'm, I'm never on the y'all side on voice acting on conventions, but I can only imagine. Like, when you go to an event and then you just see all the fans that of your works that you have done and stuff. That's that kind of has to hit like very special into your own in like in in your own heart. I'm like, oh wow, I like I've reached these people. You know, I mean. I think, yes, seeing all those people is lovely. For me, it was anxiety-inducing. I mean, thank God for friends like Kyla Bear when I was first at Oz Comic-Con, or, um, uh, which was, I think it's Supernova. I'm going to go to Oz Comic-Con, you guys. I hope I haven't, by this time, I haven't spoiled it, but I'm going to be in Sydney again. I'm so excited. Um, but seeing all of these people was really overwhelming because you record in a room alone. And I was thankful for the free food and the craft service and, you know, free emergency and oatmeal. But um, I wasn't aware of what those jobs would be. So seeing all the people, a bit overwhelming. Um, I remember mm -hmm. answering a question in Sydney and someone said, what's it like to be in multiple shows with Kyle Hebert? <laughs> and he must have seen this deer in the headlights look on my face. And he leaned over and he's like, we did all the voices for X-Men and he starts naming the shows we've been in because we don't record <laughs> together. And I, I thought I was going to go to law school. So it wasn't like I was immersed in the world and looked up all my castmates. And, um, and uh, I answered the question by saying, it's a funny thing that you would ask that a lot of times we don't meet each other until we're at a convention. Um, mm -hmm. But that being said, the most beautiful thing isn't to see a line of people. It's to actually speak to everyone. And to connect with them and, and hear how my work has influenced their life or maybe got them through a bad day. Um, and, and just those connections, those stories, uh, oh, I like math too, or I, you know, I, I heard this interview and I love these things too. Um, I feel connected. And I, I think very much as a child, and I, I don't wanna say just as a child, probably until like, I don't know, yesterday, <laughs> I felt um, alone. You know, I don't know if anyone out here, again, if you're listening, who struggled with depression or anxiety or feeling inferior. Um, I used to get so nervous, you know, going out into the world because I thought I wasn't enough. And I've worked on that and, and I feel perfectly drawn for what God has for me. But do know that that anyone that can hear my voice right now, you are perfectly drawn for your purpose and take a deep breath take one breath at a time if you have to but imagine the world is conspiring in your favor oh man that is very good very very uh good advice there <laughs> that's why i love it uh uh and uh i mean you have done like many like facets of work in voice acting itself so like i mean you've done audio uh, audiobook narrating adr work as you as you mentioned cartoon anime and video games uh just wondering though like uh is there a kind of voiceover work that you like more than others no <laughs> i mean if i had to choose i think animation and and now interactive games because not only can we record remotely, but sometimes we get to put on these really cool scuba suits with like flashy balls all over them. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about where the mic is because it's it's hooked to you. You don't have to worry oh. about where the camera is because they're everywhere. And so they put you in what we call the volume and you just get to play. 
and it's the be- the best. I have never heard of that. Like, wait, like, is it like a is it mocap? Mocap is the best. It's, <laughs> you, you know, there's a little bit of set sometimes. They kind of tell you where things are, but it's basically recess. You get, you know, it's like one, two, three, let's go. And we get to play and we get to, you know, pew, pew. And it's just, it's literally like being a kid and um, just getting to exist in this beautiful imaginary world. Um, So you get to work with other people in that childlike sense of wonder and imagination and possibility. And, you know, not that I, I worry about it, but you are embodying a character but you don't have to suck your stomach in <laughs> like, it's not like that they can do anything it's just the essence of who you are and who you're playing against someone yeah. else and it takes you back to that perfect place at seven or eight when anything was possible that is so crazy to even think i didn't even really think about that i didn't know that like y'all did that y'all went that into <laughs> into roles yeah, <laughs> like what you know for me i don't do stunts and there are motion capture um specialists that do those things but from an acting standpoint um mm-hmm. that part of interactive gaming and when they do the face capture and um and the motion capture it's just it's cool toys, dude. It's like mech on you. And then it's going it to work. And um, I love animation um, because I love animators and illustrators. We all have our gifts. I'll tell you that drawing isn't, I struggle with stick figures. So um, when we get auditions, sometimes they'll have an artist render to inspire the voice. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is that you see it and there's this almost spirit that comes out of the colors and, and, and the arc and the beauty of what they've created, even in a, in a, a demo phase. So then mm-hmm. when you're acting and exploring, when we go to premieres or see the first episodes, it's we're we're just in as much in awe as the fans to see these illustrators and animators and what they've done to create this world around our imaginations. Hmm. Yeah, that, that I'll mean, be, you know, it's funny. One of the things I've always wanted to do was a mocap suit just to see, just to, just to see how much fun it is just to move around and run and do like when they just say, Hey, okay, you need to jump in this little pit or, or in stuff. I'm like, I would love that opportunity just once, just once in my life would be great. Oh, well, <laughs> let's, let's put that out into the universe, right? Um, <laughs> yes. And it's worth taking a class. If, if, if anyone eventually is able to take a class, it doesn't mean you're going to be a pro voice actor, um, but it's super fun just to figure out how the things you love are made. And also, I mean, listen to me, I'm going to be like, all of the voiceovers are great. I loved mm. as a kid, you know, um, I would travel and meet all my friends in a book in literature. So to grow up and get to do that for a living um, is really lovely. And here we are in the pandemic and I don't know if anyone else (laughs) felt anxious at all in the last couple of years. Um, it's been difficult for me to get used to going out in public again. And oh my gosh, um, I have asthma. So, uh, at first they were like, you're high risk and it just makes you feel scared. I'm fine. I'm thankful for all the doctors, first responders and the medical community who's been working on our behalf, but to go, go ahead. 
Oh, I'm sorry. It's like with the when 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 the world was opening up slowly, but again, that's like I've like I was like I was I was forcing myself to try to start going out again for walks, and it's like it's it's kind of weird. It's just like how legit, how explosive. Like when you just open and you realize, wow, it's been two years, haven't been able to go out do a, a go do different kinds of things, and now you're trying to do it, trying to get back integrated back into society like this. It's it it is it gets a little over a little overwhelming sometimes uh, uh, at times. Are you like a an extroverted introvert? So it's like when yes. you have to be, you can be an extrovert, but to be truthful, just the quiet of the house sometimes in the morning when there's nothing is just my happy place. So to step <laughs> into a really noisy environment can be overwhelming for me, just as much as some of my fans and we connect um, sometimes because I'm a little overwhelmed by all of the the auditory and, and, and visual uh, input. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, it's just, I, I love sitting in a room sometimes. That's what I was going to say about a, about audiobook is I get to put on headphones and sit down and read a book for a mm. living. <laughs> so uh, it, it's wonderful to see all of the things I love, you know, playing pretend, reading books, um, you know, watching animation and now being, part of that process. I mean, I'm sorry, every girl dreams of growing up to be a Disney princess and to, to work with a Disney company is all of those are dreams. So I can't really pick one. Um, That's fair. It, it's like, it's like going into Charlie, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like you get to go into Willy Wonka's factory. I mean, which place was more magnificent? They're all crazy beautiful. But it could have been one, like one more than the other. I mean, not necessarily like the brand, but more like, like the kind. Like we'll give two percent more to getting into a super suit <laughs> with a bunch of space balls and like playing. That's the best. Okay, the bouquet. <laughs> okay, so it's not like the worst. I mean, you don't have the worst, but everything else is pretty even. It's just that that mocap is just slightly ahead of, uh, of the curve for all of it. Okay, come on, and it's like an it's a, it's a great evener because nobody looks cool in a super suit like in the mocap. That is true. We all look like we're out of a Dr. Seuss like um, <laughs> <laughs> your Lorax or something. <laughs> yeah, we got the oh, right. hanging off our head sometimes. You know, like or the mics. They're in awkward places and it's just, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, guys. I just won the lottery when it comes to uh, careers. I, I couldn't feel any more blessed. Hey, you definitely love, if you love what you do, then you know you're definitely going to, like, you're going to definitely enjoy life even more, you know? So I definitely understand. Uh, and I mean, as you know, like many video game companies like to keep voice actors in the dark and uh, have code names of the characters that you are auditioning for. I was like, there has to have been a time, like, was there a time when you were surprised or excited that you would play a character uh, when they kept you in the dark? Yes. Um, <laughs> I auditioned for Guard A. Uh, I knew it was for a Warner Brothers game and I, you know, on my, I didn't have a vision board, but I thought I would love to be a lead in a triple A game. And mm -hmm. I actually said, I'd like to be a lead in three triple A games. Oh, wow. You know, which was like ridiculous, but I was like, that's what I want. And I would visualize <laughs> it every day and I would thank God for everything else. But I'd be like, and by the way, <laughs> I know you're like trying to create world peace and run the world, but if you could get me in a video game, that'd be great. So when I got the breakdown for guard A, I thought, this is great. I'll be guard A. Um, and then they'll know I could do it. And someday maybe. 
And so uh, a few weeks later, my agent called and said, you booked guard A for that Warner Brother game. And uh, I thought that was great. And then they sent over a bunch of paperwork because you have to sign NDAs. And so mm-hmm. I signed the NDA for guard A. And then right before I was going to go on the lot, they sent me a script. And in very big letters, it said Jade. And I thought, ooh, code name Jade. And I'm reading it. And I was like, this feels a lot like Mortal Kombat. Um, wait, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it can't be Jade Jade, like the Jade. And then I'm reading through it. And there's a scene with, with uh, Kotal and... Um, I thought, did I just book Jade from Mortal Kombat? <laughs> oh wow! You're telling me that you you went that's <laughs> guard A. You assumed your guard A, then you get <laughs> you get a script, and you realize that oh wow, that that is a pretty big surprise. That's a very big surprise. That's awesome. <laughs> when, did, when did it sink in when you're like realized like when it just like uh when you did when you were doing that when i walked in again i got to drive onto the warner brothers lot hello water tower and and guard and they have like a little valet that parks your car and um i know she's off air now but like just to the right is like this door that said ellen and i was like uh it was just <laughs> weird right and yeah. i went in and everyone at netherrealm you know, the production and dev team were either there or they were patched in from Chicago and they said, welcome. And they were so nice. And they said, would you like to see some of the renderings? And, uh, what? Yeah. So I got to see stuff you guys didn't even get to see like potential, um, uh, skins that they didn't even use, but it was overwhelming and beautiful. And then I think two or three times after I'd come in, they, they showed me, uh, they put the screen up and they showed me recording um, and then the, the face capture of the person recording. And then they had a film of the motion capture, uh, which was done mm. in Europe. And to see all three of us move and, and create Jade was extraordinary. And also wow. just for the actress that was doing the face cap, I... Things you don't notice about yourself, voiceover, we're in, a, we're in a booth by ourselves, but she curls her lip up the same way I do on words. And I don't know if she did it because she watched me or we just do the same thing. And that's why our voices or her, her face matched my voice. So I'm assuming, so like, so you set the pace of what the mocap actor, uh, actor was doing, like, to, so, so she had to lip sync what you were saying at the right times. And then the CG guy and the different country is, is making sure all this is coming. Wow. That is, that is so cool. That's, that's cool. Um, oh, so, yeah. Hey, we were prepared to, to work as teams from across the world already. Man, that is awesome. That is so cool though. <laughs> Just to have that kind of, <laughs> that kind of excitement. And, uh, 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 you know, it's funny. Like I have to say, one of my favorite games. Uh, you were in, uh, you were in this game, and I was, and I'm so glad that I saw that. I was like, oh, that was her. Uh, was a uh, uh, a game called Trails of Cold Steel, and you you played the maid. Uh, I believe Sharon Sharon Kruger or something, and just something about her because like she had that bubbly personality, but it was that deceptiveness that kind of came into it. And like she like every time she talked, and she had this weird giggle when she's like trying to say, oh. 
you'll see kind of thing. Like I, I have to say um, that she was one of my favorite favorite characters in that game. So because because of you. I love that she's a casual assassin, you know, in her spare time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Making bets, breaking hearts. Yeah, she's just there. She's like, oh yeah, I can be, I can kill whatever I want to, but I choose to to serve this family. You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> but it's like, okay, whatever, Sharon, you do Sharon, you know. <laughs> Very lifeline too. I mean, she's pretty deadly, but loves to bake cookies. If you guys are Apex fans, my cookie recipe is actually in the game. Are you serious? Yes, Lifeline's cookies are my cookies. They put my recipe in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh man, and I mean, and uh, your vocal range is like your natural vocal range is incredible. So, like when I just look at your range of work that you've done, yeah. And uh, I know that that you've been like uh, that you've been told that you were going that, that that you should be in voice acting, and I'm glad that you definitely pursued it. Uh, but was your vocal range something that you always naturally had or did you get it by, you know, professionally trained, you know, just throughout the process of like, uh, uh, training, training, uh, training the way you did, you have. Um, I did not train for the most part to be a voice actor. I did take a Mm -hmm. class with a place called TVI where they had like a sample every weekend you would learn about at the time I started, they didn't have interactive gaming, uh, really wasn't viable. So there was three weekends, audiobook, animation, and commercials. And then the fourth weekend was an agent's night. And, um, you know, you think, oh, I'll get discovered. I mean, of course you're not going to get discovered, but I was. So thank you, um, TVI, for that start. And um, I moved a lot. And I had very, I spoke very properly as, as a child. So I had like a lower voice and very grown up, so not adorable at all, and (laughs) felt very self-conscious about that. And I would listen to the dialect or the accents of where I was going because I didn't understand what they were saying. Um, And I had to really listen to understand that and uh, to to be able to assimilate. And, And sometimes I would have to learn how to say things differently so I would be understood. And so that was the back pocket talent that has now followed me into voiceover. But I think the listening and the appreciation for the music of different parts of the country, you know, whether it be back East or the the South or California, there's a very, I'm very California now, um, but there's a music to the way people express, you know, I have a character for Do Re Mi with Kristen Bell on Amazon and Maestro Moon, she loves music. So I think that everything she says is like music. Doe, how does that make you feel? So she's like, everything is music. And then when I was recording Lifeline, they, they said she always has headphones on. So I would have this, you know, uh, soundtrack and, you know, I'm not the one you should be afraid of. You know, she had this sass to her because I remember her, her, her and, and I still do this sometimes when I'm, you know, idling and I realize now they have, you know, it's neat to do that and then see that be animated in your <laughs> character. And um, Jade from Mortal Kombat, um, very much that voice of, she reminds me a lot of my my other grandmother. <laughs> one Nana is lifeline, the other one definitely wasn't. She was born mm-hmm. in London, but just that proper, you know, headmistress almost voice. 
Um, <clears throat> that's where she comes from. So there's this whole cast of characters that are authentically part of my life that I now pour into my work. They're very familiar, very real. Mm-hmm. So you put a little bit. So you put a little bit of Mila Lee into every ro- every role that you kind of get into. That's that's cool. I like that. Definitely. I, I I don't know how to do it any other way. I know everyone's process is a little different, but for me, I have those people that were the most influential in my life. The people that hurt me the most, loved me the most, inspired me the most, and they're very much a part of my work. Oh, see, so yeah, yeah, that's good. That's great. I mean, like you said earlier, like uh, uh, you would uh, when you play like uh, was was your character Lifeline in Apex Legends, uh, and uh, you provided so many memorable lines. But I was just wondering, like, because like the biggest thing that really kind of got me is how like you just switched on the accent. Like, have you like that? That was that's so crazy to me to, to be like, wow, you just they were just completely someone else like that towards it, like. Overall, like, how was your experience playing a character like uh, a char- uh, playing Lifeline? It was, it's, it is beautiful. Um, the team was really respectful, and they they wanted to pull from a few cultures. They wanted to give a nod to a multicultural background, and obviously, it's seven hundred years in the future in the Titanfall universe. But uh, I loved that you know they pulled mostly from Trinidad and and. Um, I love all my Caribbean folks, <laughs> you know, my West peeps. <laughs> um, but it pulled from the, the English, the Creole, um, the Indo-Asian influence there. Uh, the, the Caribbean is very big, obviously. It's like a huge art. Mm-hmm. Um, Trinidad's right there near Venice, uh, Venezuela. And it was lovely. They had done their research on culture. And mm-hmm. they made sure they told me when we were auditioning, we don't want her to be an accent or a trope. We want her to be a person. So I have a multicultural background and, and kind of growing up for those of you that are, um, I don't like the term biracial cause I feel like we're all from the human race. Um, but this multicultural background, I felt like I wasn't enough of anything, but it was the first time I got to work with a character where, where it was me. And they explained long before you guys knew that she came from a very good family and was kind of trying to hide and fit in. So she had a, a, a much more complex background. Um, and I really related to that. And uh, there would be a few things where I'd call up cousins and I'd be like, would I say this? Because, you know, I didn't grow up there. And they're like, nope, you wouldn't say that. And they would give us a little <laughs> guidance and, um, you know, pass me that sugar, like just the spice. Um, I definitely, uh, uh, my Nana is uh, was born in Mississippi on a sharecropping farm. And uh, mm-hmm. she's, uh, we call it like Trinisippi. It's got this, you know, it's very, it's very a, a melange, but she's got that sass and I got to bring that in. And um, my mother was in the military and um, she was in the medical field. So that natural ease with, I kind of have that lifeline personality. Um, mm-hmm. It was lovely to bring all those aspects of myself into that role and to connect um, with you know, my background and culture, when you live in America or as Americans, sometimes, you know, we have backgrounds we're not connected to. And mm-hmm. now I have, you know, thousands of friends all over the world and I get to learn more about my heritage and being a multicultural and biracial woman to have that be represented in the game 
was, you know, I don't want to get emotional, but I will. It was really <laughs> beautiful. Gaming, um, interactive games and diversity, I think they've been vital in, in redefining possibilities of who we would think is on our team. We learn how to squat up and, and not just in Apex Legends, but in a lot of games, you squat up with, with beings from other planets, other value sets, other talents and skills because you need each other to get to the next level. And I think yeah. that that's a very important lesson. We've had a whole generation of gamers that that's in our DNA. It's intrinsically written on us that we are going to work side by side with people that don't think like us and don't look like us. Right. I mean, and the, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I mean, like, I, it actually is a perfect transition uh, because, like, I'll uh, because I'll make this the last question because, uh, uh, you know, so, uh, but, uh, like, I know, but, like, I mean, like you were saying, like, uh, for every, being a melting pot, even in, in the game, in, in, as a gamer, is already naturally there. I, what I, what I, what I definitely love is kind of what I'm seeing in the, v like, I mean, you've been crushing it in the, in voice acting for, almost for a good good while now and like compared to how it was growing up the level of representation in the field has changed so much for the better yes uh we're not quite there yet but it is making strides you know but uh like i would love to kind of get your full rep like uh your take on how represent the representation of voice acting is currently uh going and like and how, and how you feel how you personally feel about it i'm proud of my industry Mm -hmm. I know we have uh, a ways to go, but I think interactive gaming, even ahead of Hollywood filmmaking, has been instrumental in pushing diversity and representation forward. And and I think sometimes diversity used to be a, a code word for skin color, but it goes so far beyond that. Mm, it's way culture. beyond that, yeah. And so representation of culture, that, that means it represents everyone. I, I was doing a a panel at Comic-Con with Taboo and Erica Lindbeck, and it was about diversity in graphic novels, interactive gaming, and, and representation. And uh, um, a person stood up and said, I'm non-binary, um, I'm from Tennessee, and I'm white. How can I be a part of the diversity uh, conversation? And in her, their mind, sorry, in their mind, they, they were thinking, you know, how can I support you? <laughs> But standing up, and this is 2018, they were part of the diversity conversation already. Mm -hmm. And that diversity, when we push it forward, representation of one helps representation of all. Yeah. I, I know we have a long way to go, but I think in representation, what we're finding is that we have a lot more in common than not. So you may identify uh, on a certain spectrum scale or gender scale, but as human beings, there's so much that we share, insecurities and, and dreams and passions and loves and heartbreaks and, and tragedy and grief. These are human experiences and we are all exquisite human beings. And drawn differently, but let's share a human experience. And I think interactive gaming excels in that. I mean, I 
cannot agree with you anymore. Actually, you said it way more eloquently than I ever could. So I would definitely agree. Definitely agree with that. And I mean, and I'm definitely loving that that uh, the voice the uh, voice acting is is definitely going to a great like multi, like multi, like uh, direction uh, into it. And like you said, and, uh, like I said, it's not there yet. I mean, as well, it's always. Uh, has space for improvement but i love that 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 they're actual there's visual change as opposed to what it was you know creators um you know we've got noir caesar and 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 zeno robinson and i had a conversation in 2016 2017 we were doing an appearance and and talking about that we not only wanted representation but wanted opportunity and access and zeno's a perfect example Mm-hmm. His job, what he didn't want more jobs just playing someone that looked like him. He wanted access to all of the jobs. And you can see he's done a great job. Uh, oh, yeah. Whether it's here at Academia or, or any of his other roles, like with me at the Owl House um, uh, for Disney, the opportunities have opened up. And when we grew up, the word blurred didn't exist. And I think a lot of us thought we were one of a few, but now we're one of many. Yes it's important for you, um, anyone watching this, listening to this, if you don't see it, it means that you're supposed to be it. Don't wait for there always to be you in your workforce, whether it's entertainment or accounting. Um, if you have a passion, there's a reason you've been drawn with that passion in your heart, that dream. And if there isn't someone in the industry that looks like you, sounds like you, thinks like you, it means that it's supposed to be you. Mm-hmm. God, I love your positivity. <laughs> I definitely love it. It's so great. It's so it's so infectious, and I definitely love it. It's so great. I mean, you're totally, you're definitely, totally right. But man, this is, it's so great. I love talking to you. It's, it was it's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes but uh Mila, i know that uh but i know you got to go but uh i just before I let you go is uh is there any like events that's coming up that people can see can, can come by say hi talk to you uh, any further uh, anymore uh um was- i'll be at game on expo in phoenix um i will be at ronin expo in la the following weekend these are in august i don't know when this is airing um collecticon in long beach um, I have a Discord server we're relaunching, and once a month I'll be doing free voiceover workshops. So follow me on Instagram. Um, the Mela Lee uh, is my handle. And I don't, there's nothing attached to the free <laughs> webinars or seminars. It's just this is the number one question I get asked How can I get into voice acting? What do you think? So I'd love to start giving back, and um, I'll be doing these workshops every. Um, week i looks like i'll i don't know if they've announced it yet so uh i might be in australia soon uh <laughs> sydney brisbane and i have a new single coming out september 30th so i would love your support oh, wow. on that and um i think that's all i can do right now like it's everywhere Finally, <laughs> <laughs> well, there. <laughs> well mila thank you so much for coming on to the show i really appreciate it i'll definitely we'll definitely stay in touch i will i will I will definitely join that discord because it's always great to hear you and uh, and uh, folks if you loved the interview that we did with Mila Lee you can also check us out check it out on any of the uh, uh, our main website confreaksandgeeks.com with some um, check out the full library of our podcast of the uh, pop culture gems or go to any podcast services that are currently out there so once again this is Davis signing off y'all have a great day